What's up, Brewers listeners? We are here in lovely Peabody, Massachusetts, not Peabody. Or that's what the GPS would say. Yeah, that's right. Peabody. Peabody. Yeah, Peabody. Yeah. Peabody. Peabody. Oh, I like Peabody. Yeah, Peabody. that's Peabody. way better. Pretty, yeah. pretty. What? You don't live in, live in Peabody? Uh, Peabody. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, but yeah. Uh, where are we today? In Peabody. In Peabody. In Peabody. We're at Granite Coast Brewing. Yeah, we are. Which uh, I'm excited to come here because we came on opening day. I've come a couple of times since opening day. Uh, and I'm kind of mad at them. And I've told Rob this before is they opened as soon as I moved out of Salem right up the street on Boston Street. So oh, man. I was very, very mad. Wow, what, move po- back. What, what poor planning. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what, what poor planning on you guys. Huh? I know. It's all, yeah, wow. you know, it's all you guys' fault. Yeah. <laughs> not, not my fault at all. Yeah. Um, so what's up? How are you? Uh, you know, we're working towards year three right now. That's crazy. Memorial Day weekend is our third anniversary. So it's kind of odd to say that, you know, we've been open for three years and two of it's been doesn't through seem hell. Real. Yeah. Doesn't even seem real. More than two. Yeah, seriously. Exactly. Um, why don't you introduce yourselves and uh, tell us how you fell in love with craft beer? Or if you are in love with craft beer, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you hate it. Yeah. Disillusioned. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just hard seltzers yeah, and ciders. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, c- cider's not beer. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. a wine. it's a wine. It's a wine. It's all right. It's in all Massachusetts, right. that's by definition. It's a wine. I know. Okay. It's, well, it's, it's not, not it's it's Massachusetts. Federal. 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 Yeah. yeah. Federal. I mean, it's, there's no malt. There's no uh, barley. Listen, you, you're right. You're right. I know. <laughs> you're describing seltzer, just so yeah. you know. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I didn't say seltzer was beer either. <laughs> <laughs> it's just made by breweries. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Rob Dunn. I'm one of the owners here at Granite Coast Brewing. Own it in partnership with my best friend from high school, Jeff Marquis. That's me. Oh, hey. That's kind of cool. High school best friends. Yeah. So we've been friends since I moved into his hometown in Marblehead, yep. which was eighth grade. Oh, wow. And we actually moved kind of pretty much around the corner from him. Yep. Nice. I, how did you remain friends after high school? Like nobody remains friends after high school. <laughs> Drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, Matt. I'm pretty sure that's drinking how that works. craft yeah. beer in dive bars. Yeah, playing pool. <laughs> solid, solid. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Granite Coast, I, Jeff, I know you from uh, Beer and Wine Hobby. I <laughs> met you there. I feel like a number of years ago at this point. Yep. Um, did you? You've always been homebrewing as long as I feel like I've known you. Um, so Rob and I started homebrewing in 2012. Um, I lost my long-term position at a chain uh, as management um, 2012-13, and I needed a job. I knew we were going to work towards this, and I'm kind of an obsessive compulsive. So I asked the homebrew guy if he needed a, a position, and I said, "He said, yeah." And I started shipping shit for him. Oop. That's fine. That's you fine. Can All right, good. <laughs> say um, it again. Say it again. So we Shit. can ship stuff. Um, and then as I got deeper into uh, homebrewing and working towards a professional level, I got to disseminating the information that I had acquired to other homebrewers. Yeah. And then, Rob, you were just homebrewing? So we learned to homebrew together. But, I mean, years prior than that, we'd had a, Jeff had had a friend who was the brewer for what is now Rapscallion. Okay. Oh, yeah. But I forget what their name was over in Lowell at that point because it wasn't Concord Junction anymore. It was something else. The Concordales. But I remember, you know, we went out there and he taught us a little bit about brewing and we got to, you know, kind of spend a day back when you could volunteer at a brewery doing yeah, production right? stuff. <clears throat> and, you know, we kind of, we always liked things that weren't the big 
mass-produced American breweries. You know, as you said, you know, we were hanging out in dive bars drinking Harpoon IPA, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Sam Adams. Which in 2002 was craft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, those were like, you know, the pioneers of craft brewing, and that was the stuff we were drinking early on. And we always just had going to brew fest with my family. My parents would take us to beer fest when we were old enough to legally go into them. And we were just exploring the world of different beers that were out there. And I always liked popping into a brewery, trying new beers, learning new things. And once I finally kind of stopped moving all around the country and kind of set the roots back in home, we started learning how to make our own. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's dial it back a little bit. We, we asked, um, when did you fall in love with craft beer? When, when specifically do you remember that, that beer? So for me, um, I don't know if I'd know. I've been drinking beer since I can remember, mostly because of the beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> beer's always been my jam. I mean, I was a, a rum and coke guy when I was a kid, but mostly because... When you're a kid, you mean yeah, like, yeah. 18, like 18 plus? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. When, I was, um, when I was four, I was like a rum and coke guy. <laughs> yeah. So I can't I can, I can, I can identify a moment, personally. Yeah. I mean, I know throughout college, you know, drinking the cheap swill was what you did because you could afford it. Yeah. But if I could, I was buying, you know, having people buy me Sam Adams, things like that, just because I wanted something with more flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you feel as though, like, beer, beer today certainly has more flavor. Is that always a good thing? I think it depends on what the person who is drinking said beer wants at that moment. And what the flavors that you're looking for yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think the average beer drinker is looking for guava? Does do they know what they're looking or, for? You well, know, I mean, the average yeah. beer drinker is still Bud. Bud Yeah, yeah. But right, the average so. craft. You they, know, they, they, no, yeah. the, but they just want to drink cubes of cans wherever they are. Like that's the average drinker. Yeah, it right. took a long time to convince friends of mine at my college, like, you should try this because they wanted to. They're like, oh, I can't drink it. Couldn't drink Boston Lager. They'd yeah. rather have... Natty Ice, whatever, yeah. Yeah, you know, Bud, Natty Ice, all those. And they also wanted to try to put down as much as possible, as quick as possible. They just didn't like something that was a little more malt forward and had more depth to it. Yeah. And it's funny, some of them now drink some of that, drink more craft beer. When, like, back when we were, you know, 18, 19, 20, they wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's, that is funny. I think a lot of the, the craft beer guys that we have now, they are, they're coming in with palate fatigue, so they don't, mm. they don't want the big, bold, atrocious flavors that kind of blow out your palate after uh, a couple of sips, is they want something that they can enjoy and taste and have a good time with and then still remember the day. Yeah. So is that I, why we're seeing a... Uh, a resurgence of lagers, if you will? That would probably be an aspect of it, but I don't know if it'd be the only aspect of it. Mm. Would one be brewer-driven? Yes, absolutely. Honest man. I think that explains us he heavily where it's like people will come in and be like, I want an IPA. And there are times we have like right now. one, we have maybe two. We've had a rare occasion we had three on, but we have times we have absolutely nothing hoppy on, which yeah. is currently I would say that's probably very frequent for you guys almost uh, we've tried to, we've tried to keep 
something in that realm, whether it's been a session, whether it's been a New England or West Coast, but we don't sit there and focus on saying we have to have the latest craze and hops being shown right now. We have to have a hazy double New England, triple dry hop. If you like that, that's your jam. That's great for you. But we want to showcase there's more to beer. I mean, there's so much more, whether it's a... What does that mean to you? There's more to beer. Uh, whether you want a light, crisp, easy drink, or it's a hot day to refresh you, so a nice, crisp lager. You want something that's got a little more depth, maybe a little heavier when you start going towards your more malt-forward porters and ambers, or even just going for that nice, dry Irish stout. There's more out there than just, hey, I have this glass that I can get these great aromas off of. And this is my personal opinion looking at them. looks like a glass of orange juice. And some breweries have actually acknowledged their beer just looks like orange juice. But that's not the only thing that's out there. Yeah. And it's not just the big American breweries either. You know, we have a lot of customers who come in. I've never really had craft beer. All I ever drink is something, Macros, yeah. something brewed by one of those breweries. And we can hand them something that's approachable for them. They're like, oh, all right, I've never had that. This is good. You know, I'll have another one of those. Well, let me try that other one. Like, so there's more out there than just what you see through mass production or even through mass media. Like, yeah. the biggest ones out there through commercials and all that are not necessarily the only things out there. Yeah. So I, I, I would say to simplify that whole thing, it's just you see an IPA as another style to add to your variety to offer. That's all it is anyway. Simple it is, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just another style that people can come in to enjoy, but there's plenty of other styles to drink. Yeah, so what you said is absolutely true. Um, when I talk to customers about beer and what our variety and our rotations are, um, I usually use the example. I use the BJCP style guidelines still as an ex-home brewer. There's 110-ish styles listed in that governing tool. That's it? That's it. That's <laughs> it. Uh, ten of those, if I recall correctly, are IPAs. White IPA, red IPA, black IPA. It's all still an IPA, but they count it as different uh, styles. A subgenre. In the first year that we were open, we brewed 40 unique styles and a bunch of IPAs. The variety is what we want. Yeah. Do you feel as though a lot of times craft beer nerds, craft beer Brian called them craft beer idiots earlier. What did you call them? <laughs> uh, I called them educated idiots. Educated That'll idiots. Give you a lot of trust, yeah. 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 That's, a, that's a good one. Um, a lot of times we're trying to re-educate those people when in reality, to your point, the average beer drinker is the people who just want to crush a 40 rack, a 30 rack. And, uh, you know, maybe a lot of these breweries are trying to sell to those hopheads and the Haysboroughs, right? But when in reality, these well-crafted lagers, pilsners, who have these nuances and flavors, you can't hide behind those beers. No, you can't. No, you can't. Um, if that beer sucks, you know it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, uh, I mean, I've had a lot of bad beer in my life and I've had a lot of people drink the same bad beer and say it's good. Yeah. So there are, there's, so there's unique taste references here that you can't necessarily just throw out the window. What's bad to me may not be bad to you. Agreed, 100%. So there's always essentially a, a niche for everyone. But if you look at something like Rolling Rock where it actually has a flaw in it, this doesn't make sense until you realize that people like the taste of corn, apparently. Well, that's, I mean, there's in a Germany, there. In, in Rolling Rock? In yeah. Czech Republic, there's diacetyl Ford beer, right? 
So it, it's definitely a thing that you can program into it, but Roland yeah. Rack didn't intend Tend to do it. Yeah, and there's a difference. Yeah. So it's the same thing for certain pilsners can be uh, sulfur forward. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I think it's gross. That's a me thing, not a you thing. You can do whatever you want. So do you think there's a room for that interpretation in beer? Yeah, I mean, I've had some really good uh, interpretations of sulfur, sulfur forward lagers from friends of mine. I'll have one. I'm not going to have any more than that. So I think we've heard this before. If you don't want to have another one. It's my right to not have another one. Well, it's your right not to have another one, but also can you classify that as a good beer, right? Is because well, if you only want to have one of them and you don't want to have another one, does it classify it as a good beer? Well, so define beer. I mean, it's an excellent quality brewed beer that they did exactly what they meant. Mm-hmm. There was no good or bad there. There was taste okay. option and that's it. All right. I, th- I think going with what Jeff said with it as well, it's like, I may not want to be drinking a whole bunch of hazy beers. I can have one and say, that's pretty good for this type of beer. But I want to go back to over to this. That doesn't mean the beer was bad. Right. Just because it doesn't meet what I want to have many of at a sitting or many of, you know, over time doesn't mean it was bad. Just means it wasn't towards what I wanted. And I think that's, there's a big dis- discrepancy sometimes there. So somebody will say, this beer is bad because it doesn't have the qualities I want. But they didn't actually look at saying this was brewed well for that style. And we've seen that happen to us and to other breweries when it comes to some uh, user provided re- reviews. You can of- say untapped. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Uh, but you see that someone says like, I hate this style. It's, Zero. One star. Yeah, one star. Yeah. Why'd you but, try it? But, but what, if you know you why'd hate you that style, why do you read it? Good yeah. It's good to try it. it. Yeah. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. Beer, beer is subjective, yeah. I guess, would be the short. Well, uh, subjectiveness you know. only works when you're expecting something that is in the beer that's not intended to be in that beer. Yeah. I've had people put on Untapped say, I don't like this culture. It's not hoppy enough. It's not a hoppy, <laughs> hoppy beer. beer. Yeah. Like, Great, so you want a hoppy Kolsch, cool. This doesn't say anywhere, hop forward on it. Why'd yeah. you go for it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like the American beer drinker is, is almost too knowledgeable in a sense? Like they think they're knowledgeable? Educated idiots. Right, as, <laughs> as Ryan has said before. Well, so let, let's clarify something. We're talking about American craft drinker yeah. at this point. We're not talking about the mass market drinker. American craft right. drinker. So the American craft drinker, I think, is... Um, Let's go down of, that I'm, hole. Yeah, we get a lot of trouble. Uh, woefully undersupplied. Woefully undersupplied with correct information. And why is that? Is it media driven? Is it not media? But like, is it? I guess social media driven, or is it lack of knowledge, well, lack of actually diving I mean, into a style? You you get out of things what you put into them. Right. If you're not going to do the research, then why do you expect to act like a knowledgeable person? I don't know. You, I would. I would love to ask that to thousands of people. <laughs> yes. It's like when people all, like right? buy books about a subject matter, and then but books are in, an instantly like media. an expert on it. They didn't read it; they just bought it. Yeah, right. And I think a lot of it also goes with unconscious and implicit bias on things. Oh, it came from this place. It has to be good. Yeah, we get that. We see that a ton. Oh, this place has a low rating. The beer can't be good. Right. Well, did you actually make that decision on yourself, or are you going off of what 
other people have provided with you, not knowing who those other people are. So, you know, people tell you this is the absolute best double IPA in New England. Mm. Does that mean you're going to enjoy it? No. The two of us, before we opened, sat down with some other local alcoholic beverage uh, vendors in this area for a blind taste test. The beer that won that night and the owner of Far From Tree had driven around New, uh, New England and picked up a whole bunch of IPAs. And we sat and a whole bunch of us over at Far From Tree did this blind tasting. The beer that won that night, both of us did not like. Didn't know what it was when we tasted it. Both said not for us, did not like it, but everyone else rated it the best of the night. And that was Lawson's Sip of Sunshine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people love Lawson's. And oh, yeah. I know they I, make great yeah, beers. Yeah. Just wasn't for us, even, not even knowing what it was. So that was great where yeah. I, we didn't have that thing of like, oh, this should be good because it came from Lawson's. Yeah. Or this should be good because it came from Hill. Or, hey, someone finally gave me a Hedy Topper. I got the best beer. Yeah. I'd rather have Focal Banger from Alchemist any day over here. Right? We talked about that earlier tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pass on both. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got to go to a word from our sponsors. And I I want you to think about this question while we take a break. But um, do you think beer is bias driven? uh, We'll keep the lights on. We'll let you think about that. Take it away, Sangaran. Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers! At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BREWROOTS for 10% off your online order today. Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. And we're back. So the, the question I was asking is beer bias driven. I really mean like trend bias driven, right? I, I feel like when the brewed IPA was around, every brewery was like, we have to make a brewed IPA. Where if we really just looked at... Almost every brewery. Uh, almost every brewery. Thank you. Almost every brewery was like, we have to make a brewed IPA. Uh, and I'm so glad that every brewery did not, every, almost every brewery did not brew a, uh, a glitter beer, right? Like, I, I, you know, it's just... Dude, I can get glitter, edible glitter, for a uh, hundred bucks a kilo. No, <laughs> no. a kilo, damn. Like a kilo, yeah, yeah. Shit. No, um, but sometimes you, glitter got to happen, bro. You know what? Glitter's probably the least offensive <laughs> sometimes if you just did it. Um, but do you think 
the trend, it, you know, sometimes a lot of th- people are just trying to catch lightning in a bottle, trying to catch the next New England style IPA. Well, so it's actually a really interesting concept. So um, there's factoids out there, and you can double check them on your own because I'm not doing it for you. The Thank you. I appreciate that. 35% of the craft beer industry drinks five to six times a week more than one beer. The other 65% drinks responsibly, quotes, one to two times a week. Guess who the 35% that drink a little more heavily aim at? IPAs. IPAs. So that's the facts that came from the Brewers Association. You can check it on your own. It doesn't have anything to do with me. So it says everything about if you want to be a little more profitable, you can theoretically chase a trend. And then if you become the next Bissell or the next, what, main beer company eight years ago, you can become a millionaire. It's like, who doesn't want to become a millionaire? Yeah, but then you're kind of stuck in that realm where creativity doesn't... You're, well, you're, but you're, so are but you, you can brew a couple of really good IPAs, right, to make the money, and then everything else can be these really cool... Yeah, but trend doesn't catch on beers. one or two IPAs. They catch on new and consistent IPAs. No, that's what I mean, but you brew a different IPA each month or whatever. Yeah, beliefs. tell that to Treehouse. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> so, I mean, do you want to... So essentially, it just comes down to, from a crappier point of view, do you want to chase the money or do you want to chase the passion? Yeah. So you guys are... I mean, the passion is... It's clear here. I mean, every beer I've had here is a well-crafted beer, in my opinion. I feel you, like... Um, I, and I don't want to speak for you, but if there's a beer that's not up to par, I'm guessing it gets down the drain usually i aim to Did get not ahead of that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree but i'm just and saying I work like, pretty hard you know. so we we had one yeah. um we turned it into other things is the best way i can explain it without actually explaining it yeah. it became a resource as opposed to a problem it wasn't infected or anything like that i made a mistake yeah. i figured a way around the mistake to turn a problem into an asset that's what business is that's yeah 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 absolutely so luckily we haven't had to pour much beer down the drain yeah it is a positive for Granite Coast. But, I, but what I'm saying is I think that your own barometer of, you know, style and, and what you would want as, you know, you don't want to just put out a product. I, I, there are breweries, and I'm not going to say in this direct area, but throughout the country that, in my opinion, aren't producing the best liquid, right? And then, but they're still profitable, profitable and well, putting well, but, it out, right? So, again, we're going to go back to taste is subjective. So, I aim... Most of our beer is more at balance, less at extremes, because it's easier to find a middleman and a commonality in a middle as yep. opposed to an extreme. But the beers you're brewing are and the beers are difficult to hide behind. Well, yeah, yeah, some of them are, yeah, some yeah, of them yeah. aren't. You know, and and I do my research. I make sure that I know what I'm getting into most of the time. <laughs> um, and then I think I could make my quality much higher if I had additional man hours to put into it. And we've worked on a couple of things that hopefully that's coming soon, but things are hopefully going to get better here. Yeah. And that's what we hope for. Better how? I mean, honestly, I feel like you're already doing so well. Beer-wise, anyways, the beer is really great. But so you can talk about percentages, right? And if, if we're doing things 95% well, you always want to achieve it. Gotcha. Yeah. So if gotcha. I can get that extra 5%, which would cost a lot of man hours as opposed to what I'm doing, that's Understood. what we're aiming at. Cool, yeah. cool. Well, it's good. I mean, there's always room to improve. There's always right? room yeah, to improve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you think the average craft beer drinker is um, 
the craft American craft beer drinker for these styles that you're brewing are able to like see these nuances or appreciate Understand it, right? <laughs> if you look at our tap, no, no. <laughs> so it, it, we we have like flirted around on tap. If there's one thing that Jeff if and Rob I could, could change sue about sue Untapped to get my information off of there, I would. Okay. But what would we're you, not the only brewery in the area. I've talked to a couple of other places that would agree with this. What would you change about Untapped? Uh, some sort of uh, nominal control to the ownership of the intellectual property. Okay. Which you have none of with Untapped, which is unique to the world as far as I can tell. But isn't Yelp kind of the same thing? Yelp is the same concept, so yes. Right. So it's not unique to the beer world, but it is the same process. Gotcha. Interesting. So beer advocates better? Uh, well, it's opinion-based yeah, yeah, bias, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Opinion is opinion. It's yeah. all the same. But do you think a lot beer, of... A beer advocate owns on tap, man. I know, Don't I know. <laughs> and, and I think part of that also goes with, you know... All right. People can go in and rate it. And there is... It is on the honor system, did they actually drink it or not? You know, someone had a sip off of someone else's taster, and they go and rate the beer. Yep. The taster's been sitting there for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> We've had people, right? you can tell, either walking or driving down the street, and they will rate every beer at every facility on this street wow. as a one. Wow. But is it, do you think it's because the area doesn't want a brewery? I think people I are, think people are just assholes. They get, they get their <laughs> kicks off of... Uh, like ruining people's lives. Yeah, ruining, yeah. ruining people's it, lives. It blows my mind that that's like one of the A main thing. motives. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. I could see, you know, uh, the town getting some people together. We're like, we don't want this. Make it not work, Make right? It. Not successful. We have not had those problems in Beverly. Uh, yeah, PBD it seems like... Time. It seems like PBD every... Like, really loves you guys. I think you have like a real good core of community people that come here. Of the people of PVD who know that we're here. Right. That's what I mean. Like right. you, I feel like you have a good following. So we have a community issue in that um, most of PVD is mass macro. Yes. So it's right. a very, yeah, yeah. It, oh, it's very so the, working the, town. Right. Yeah. The people that are into it, as long as they're willing to get the trek here, because the problem with PBD is it's so big, it can take 45 minutes with traffic. <laughs> right. For a mile. Yeah. 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 So yeah. It, it just becomes, you know, other issues. Oh, why would we go there when we can just go on to Route 1 real quick? Yeah, go to Cappy's or Cappy. whatever. Right. So we do yeah. get a large draw from Salem, especially off-season. And then we have a good a good click of locals that are absolutely, they come here all the time. But yeah. they voted from yeah. what I've seen. Yeah. That's awesome, though. That's good that you have those people. We wouldn't have got by COVID without them. Yeah, I mean, we were we had people in here. Some were once a week, every yeah. other week. They're coming in. You know. I think you guys did a great job celebrating that, too. Um, I felt like your social media, like... It felt like if you came and patronized Granite Coast Brewing, like you were, it was you were loved. Like, you, you were like, loved. Thank yeah, you. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So our marketer Amy is a close friend of ours. Um, Shout out to Amy. She has put a lot of time and effort into not just cultivating those relationships, showing that we appreciate them back. Can Rob and I do as much as we can? Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's a you're brewing. You're are you, are, are you running a business? Running a business? Yeah. 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 So I mean, we're here. I mean, as we're working whether he's in brewing all day you know a message has come through he can't be checking all no, that all the time yeah. uh, if i'm in here slinging the beers you know all, all weekend and someone sends a message we can't always check that you know that stuff that amy is checking on she's responding to people's comments yeah. she's you know making sure that oh we got a great review on this side of that site a response is getting out there because sometimes we miss the email that came in that tell, yeah. tells us so part of her weekly routine is going and checking 
untapped, checking Google reviews, checking Yelp reviews. Did we miss something in making sure that we acknowledge those people that came in and yeah. thank them? I mean, that's a huge thing. She started in with us working right before COVID hit. And, you know, we joke about how she had scheduled our March 2020 <laughs> of all these events. And at the time, that was the biggest month she'd had planned. Yeah. And we looked at that in March 2022 and just like, all the stuff she had planned in that was maybe half of what she had planned in well, 2022. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. over my left shoulder right now and I'm looking at what you have for May. You have and, a lot of stuff coming and out. The, the, those events that we're going to talk about, I mean, we're really not going to talk about them just because this is going to be released in the future, but there's something to do every freaking weekend here. Between food trucks and yeah. different events, whether it's crafting stuff, games, you know, commu community-based things. So we try to, you know, let people know where what we're doing here in the tap room, but also supporting the other businesses that have helped us get through or our friends who are also, you know, working through stuff. So, yeah. hey, we did some work with a local farm. We tell say some stuff about the farm. We've done some work with an artist. We've posted up stuff about that artist, try to share the things going on in our community because if it wasn't for being in the community and having the community being responsive to us, we wouldn't still be here. Yeah. And three years later. That right. being a active community member, I think, is really important for any business. We were also real lucky in 2021. Um, we applied for and got a community development grant. Uh, awesome. So this allows uh, Amy, and this most of it was aimed towards these kind of things. It allows her a little more maneuverability because we're not like we're not flowing in cash like some of these things show. But the fact that the mass government has the ability to put their money behind social development in a local area allows her to do a lot of these things. Like we've had kind of uh, social outreach um, and all that stuff. Well, yeah, but we've also had a musician just come in and, and push his wares on people, and people had a great night. You yeah. know, these, these are the kind of things that this allows us to do. Yeah. Congratulations on three years. Uh, Thank you. By the Thank time you. this airs, you'll be far past the three years. Yeah, I mean, and one of the things that's still awestruck to me, I think to Jeff as well, is like, we've earned multiple community awards. Yeah, you congratulations. Know, we've gotten a couple of years, Best of Salem News, we've gotten the Best of PBD, we've gotten some bonds, and that's like... Isn't that weird? Like, it's huge. like, you think like, man, like, you post this stuff. Like, my barber shop, for example, he won a bond the first time, and it was like, he felt so weird, like, being like, I got this award. Well, I mean, the most flattering part is we haven't won any editor's choice. It's all been reader awarded. Yeah, that's important. Not a single yeah. one was, well, was more picked important, by one right? person, yeah. which is yeah. far more important. Yeah. We yeah. had so many people that enjoyed and appreciated what we do that they voted for us. And yeah, like people took the time and yep. like went to that website. The website sucks for bonds. No, <laughs> <laughs> but like we, we coached more than yeah, one person yeah, we, through that. Yeah. Trust me, I, yeah. So for people to spend the time to do that, I mean, it's like think about how many times you get a text message like, "Hey, man, come to my show." I mean, like I used to be in the music scene, like, oh, "Man, I don't know." I want to go to another show. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and we have got friends who have a band that they're from up by Drake It. Yeah. Where they play normally, they do great. When they've come over to the North Shore, they've had some decent nights, not always the base, but we, they show up down here, you know, for a couple of rounds before the show. You know, we advertise that, hey, their show's local and go, that yeah, we're going. Yeah. Yeah. And we've gotten our beer sold at some of those venues as well. But Very cool. you know, we're there with them and it's like, doing that cross promotion. They talk about us, we talk about them. But it's the same thing is like, if you don't talk about your friends who are doing these 
businesses and these creative ventures yeah. and help them out, you know, who's going to help you? Well, I mean, right. I'm a huge fan of Prince, right? And his thing <laughs> was to build a scene. He was like, I will be nothing without a scene. Hmm. And it's like, if you create a scene within your community, then you never have to leave your community. So it's actually you know? really, really interesting you say that. I've had, we had two young ladies come through here. Prince fans? No. <laughs> for the second time, maybe a month ago. And I was talking to them. I was, I was waiting on them behind the bar. One of the odd times I was actually behind the bar working. And they came in and they were like, we can't believe how much this place has evolved. And when we opened, this place was a blank canvas mm -hmm. because we wanted to develop a scene. You don't aim at what you're looking for. I would rather develop around what we get. And that's yeah. what we've done really, really heavily. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, uh, when we came here opening night, I mean, opening, it was a blank canvas. Opening, we didn't even have tables yeah. outside. Right, uh, right. Oh, it was, I know, I sat on the ground. I think we sat on so the ground. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, opening night is never a good barometer for any in, no, any, in the, any place. And the amount of people. Yeah. People in, need to understand that because I think a lot of people don't. Get yeah, that. I, I went to this restaurant for opening night and I had bad service, so this wasn't good. Yeah. It's open night. Opened. A thousand people showed up yeah. and they had 20, you know, 10 servers or whatever. Last you know, week they like... did a friends and family and they're all going to tell them it was wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right, right. I, I generally have a rule with uh, new openings of things. I'll try it and if I think I have a bad uh, experience, experience yeah. I'll go back six months later because they need some time to figure out their shit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think yeah. that's a Agreed. good practice for... Yeah. And most people don't do that, and that's kind of where Yelp and Untap comes back, right. because you had one bad experience. Oh, great. There was a fruit fly in my beer. Guess how many fruit flies are around this fucking <laughs> A place? thousand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, no, no, it's not a thousand. We do a really good yeah. job. <laughs> but every now and then, the bug's thirsty. You know, man. it happens. Yeah. All right, so we got to keep the lights on at the Brewers podcast. Um, so we're going to be making a double crispy IPA. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsor break part two. Yeah, we're just using all the buzzwords. For crispy it. IPA. <laughs> yeah, d yeah. That's you just created a new... Trend. A trend, yeah. That's what we're going for. Hop on it, hop on it. <laughs> you ready? Just look at me hopping. Yeah. <laughs> Hippity hop. hop. Yeah. Take it away, Sanka. Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. All right, so we are back. Uh, no, we're not. We're not? No, we are. Okay, cool. <laughs> Surprise. Erica, you had some good questions coming up, didn't you? Oh, yeah. So I'm just curious. Like, you guys have, like, a ton of different beer styles. And honestly, like, a few of them I have never had before. Right now, you have a Domf beer and an Australian sparkling ale. Hmm. So where does the inspiration come from those? And I guess kind of what are they? So generally, I try to aim at a little bit of balance on the board that we have. So, like, what we carry and what we don't. Mm. Um 
coming up with uh, a light, crisp, easy drinker is a lot harder than you think when you've done all of them. <laughs> so you start, okay. digging, you start digging the bottom <laughs> of the barrel and you say, hey, an Australian sparkling ale sounds interesting. And then you read it and you get into it, passion. Um, and then you brew it and people really like it and you have to brew it again and again. Because this is really great. Is, yeah. I mean, this is not, I'm sorry, is this a lager or is this not a lager? It's not a lager, yeah. Because it so, drinks like a lager. It's very crisp. It's very so drinking. The, the history behind the Australian sparkling ale is the Australians were looking for a local manufacturer of alcohol, right? They were sick and tired of importing in European right. pilsners, and they wanted to make something locally to prop up their economy. <laughs> they couldn't do that because, again, it's too hot. It's the same as the damp beer. Mm. Um, so they made it an ale so it could ferment a little bit warmer, but they still used lager practices. They also cut it with a little bit of simple sugar, which ferments out some of the excess BS. Sparkling. Yeah. No, no, no. Sparkling uh, implies at the time the beer was created, there was no stainless steel kegs. Oh. Carbonation was really hard. So the carbonation in that beer is modern level, but at the time it would have been extremely high for what people were drinking. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Domf beer, I guess, was yeah. the other one that you currently have on. Yeah, Sorry for people who may be listening later in the year and don't have this, but yes. yeah. So the Domf beer was another one. Um, I've Every now and then I'll go through and I'll dredge up a historic style that no one makes anymore. And the Domf beer is a like a Fest beer slash Marzen kind of concept. But because it was brewed in the southeast of Germany near Czechoslovakia. Too hot. Too hot. They used a Hefeweizen yeast, but because... There's no wheat in it. It doesn't present as a Hefeweizen. So it's not murky or cloudy. It's not Weizen. Well, so the murky and cloudy is generally a function of the proteins from the wheat, but it's also a function of the yeast. yeast yeah, yeah. If you looked at that beer two weeks ago, it was cloudy as fuck. Yeah. Now it's clear because <laughs> it out, yeah. I let it have the time it needed. Um, the wheat, when it's mashed, usually, usually adds something called fearlic acid. Uh, the fearlic acid is transformed by the yeast into the banana clove flavors that people that drink Hefeweizens love. Because it's not there, it doesn't matter what you do to that beer. It just can't present as a Hefeweizen. Interesting. Yeah. That's pretty Both cool. are very clean and easy drinking beers, and I highly recommend you come down and try some of their, like, different styles because they always have something different on tap that you don't find, honestly, anywhere else in potentially New England. It's, my question is, is Domfier, I can't get that at Cappy's. I can't get that at another brewery, so how do you know you've achieved what you're you're looking for oh best guess best guess yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's lots of information out there you just have to know where to look and find it yeah. so you start browse through the internet and you read what damp beers are supposed to be from books that are 200 years old this is what it's supposed to taste like we're pretty close other than that unless a German person comes in that's had a damp beer I don't know it, I it, challenge it, you yeah. I just don't know if like, you <laughs> challenge were like, like I had this damp beer in 2014 then I'm like I was upset no yeah, yeah. so you can find them every now and then but again it's it's my representation of what I expect a beer to be. Yeah. And I'll tell that to anybody. This is what I think it's supposed to be. If you can argue with me, cool, let's do it. So I've had I've had a German guy come in here, your Kolsch is too dry. All right, well, that's what I want to drink. I know it's dry. I aim at the American uh, uh, taste as opposed to the German taste, where it's, in my opinion... A bit sweet. Offensively sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you want to drink? Cool, I'm with it. I'd rather it be a little more approachable. Yeah. yeah, and I think one of the best compliments we can get is when somebody comes in like, I'm from this region of said beer that you made and reminds me of home. Yeah, we where I had this really cool. at 
I had this in this region before, and it reminds me of my trip there. We've had people say that about the Kolsch. 80 shilling. Or 80 shilling, which is a Scottish ale. Yep. Like, so, like, when you have people who know of your style, even when it's a rare style, and they're able to say, this reminds me of what I know of it. That's, Makes it all worth it. That's one of the best yeah. compliments we can get about it because it's like, all right, not only is it Jeff's interpretation of how we want that style to go, we have somebody who has got experience with it. Now, whether they are a very educated person with experience or just someone who has experience, yeah. we don't know, but we do have that saying. Someone saying, this reminds me of it. Yeah. And that's got to be the best way we can go with yeah. it. We had, a, we had a Belgian guy come in, um, and I had a Belgian triple on tap at the time. Not only did he teach me how to pronounce the name, because we were calling it a tripel, and mostly to annoy a friend of mine, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, I asked him, how does this hold up against what you get at home? He goes, dude, it might be better. I mean, wow. what are you going to say to that? Yeah, that's awesome. So what do you guys do for distribution right now? We don't. don't. <laughs> you don't. No bars, no restaurants. Um, so there's, there's lots of issues involved. Um, I mentioned earlier that we just did a social investment. Right now, I brew uh, 90 gallons of beer in mm -hmm. 12 hours, and I have to do that two days in a row to fill a fermenter. Wow. Okay. When you throw the fact that my labor is atrociously expensive when you add to that beer, selling distribution to a distribution model that wants 30 to 35% off of what we're selling it for, and then... Retail, yeah. You got retail wholesale. You're essentially not yep. making any money Correct. when you realize that... We have a mobile canner come in, and canning is incredibly expensive. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the can has gone up 10 cents in the year and a half that we've been canning. Mm -hmm. Price of my labels has doubled. Mm -hmm. You throw in all of the ingredients. The, and The ingredients are going up. You throw in all of these yep. issues and the fact that people don't want to pay more than 14 bucks for a Pilsner four-pack, which takes three times the amount of time of what most yep. of the stuff I do. Yeah, it, it's, it's really it, tough to it rationalize. It seems backwards in a, in a way, yeah. right? Yeah. And like the IPAs. Well, so at least the IPAs have ingredient increases. But yes. most of these breweries are making IPAs and releasing them after 10 days. Yep. They're super green in the can. Yeah. A super green in the can. All the beers that I do, I can once every two months. So they have at least a month of tank time in them so that yep. they're appropriately drank at time of canning. Yeah. So I, let's pretend, right, that you guys are distributing and you're actively going out and trying to get your beer on tap, yeah. selling it, yeah. right? Sell me this beer. That's my new favorite question. Is sell it me really is. He asks it all the time now. So yeah, you what beer? Uh, it's sell me any beer that you haven't. Pretend I am can I, can a... Can I reframe it? Can I be like, I am... Joe, I've lived in PBD my whole life. My dad drank Bud. I drank right. Bud. My son drinks Bud. But, but put we your, had two put, of those at Brody's yeah. that drank yeah, a yeah. case of our Kolsch in one day, and I had to refill them so that they could keep <laughs> drinking. I don't have to sell the beer. Yeah. So you're, you are in some restaurant. Uh, this was during COVID, so right now we're yeah. not in it. You're not. We're, we're focusing here. Correct. Okay. So I guess pretend I am a restaurant owner. Yep. I have a line that I want to fill. Yep. Um, it's, I want to try something different. What are you replacing? I am going to replace my Boston lager. What's your normal drinker? My normal drinker? Yeah. Picture Brody's, you know, working class, like, here we go. They want this, but here we go. what do you have? 
Um, so what we've done is we've generally sold people that are asking obscene questions like you. Um, <laughs> we'll, yeah, sell yeah. Them, we'll sell them Politely our cream go mail. ask you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, so we sell them our cream mail. Um, yeah. And everyone's right. like, all right, so what's a cream mail? Well, yep. I mean, if you historically look at it, it's some guy in New York just decided to make a beer instead of Budweiser. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you're, looking, right, you're, you're looking for something that's approachable. You're looking for something that doesn't taste like anything. Uh-huh. Uh, and that my patrons will really enjoy because it doesn't taste like anything. Yeah. So yeah, it can you're be served ice cold and it's crushable. Right. Yeah. So, like, this is the problem. I don't sell beer. Yeah. If you want something, I, I, I can have, tell. We'll, we'll talk about. <laughs> it. Right. Shade. So, so you tell me what you need, and we'll find something on our board that we can absolutely fulfill. Except for Excellent. an IPA right now. Yeah. So Excellent. You want a Boston Lager? I have a fucking Vienna coming out next week. Let's do a Vienna. Yeah. Vienna lager, yeah. Boston lager, they're essentially the same thing. Let's do it. Yeah. And I think part of it comes into looking at what is this location? You know, we've been reached out by a few restaurants in the past, and at times we've been able to get some stuff out to yep. places. Mm -hmm. But it's like, what are you looking to have? What is your tap list? Yep. If your tap list is all the major New England IPAs, yeah. we're probably not going to be the best thing to go in on that Unless you say, hey, I'm looking for easy drinkers. I'm looking for something a little different. Yeah. Trying to balance out my tap list. All right, we can come up with some, some cool things. We can give you some samples. Let's try to find what works best for you. Because in anything, whether it's the person walking in who's never had a craft beer before or this restaurateur who wants more beers on tap that are local – you got to educate the consumer. Absolutely. And, and how do you educate those consumers? And it's by talking to them about their, what they're coming in with experience, what their expectations are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had a woman in here last weekend. We had the Beefy Boys truck out front, yeah. which yeah. is, if you haven't been to that food truck yet, Highly, highly recommend that. Oh, yeah, they're cool. The, they're they doing the North Shore style roast beef. Uh, the guy's tutelage is quite good. Pedigree. Pedigree. Not tutelage. That <laughs> sounded great. I didn't know he's a tutor. <laughs> anyway. So his pedigree is really good. He knows his stuff. Yeah. But the woman said her and her husband came in mainly because they were from another town nearby. They'd seen that that would be here. We wanted to come for the food. The husband had driven by numerous times. Never was able to stop because he was working, driving, you know, yeah. works for a living driving, so he couldn't really stop for a beer when he drives by. She came up to me. She's like, you know, I'm sorry if I offend you. I, I normally drink Mick Ultra. What can you give me? I'm like, all right. Well, so now I know what your expectations are. I started looking at the stuff. I ended up giving her the cream ale. Please note, water is not a correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> but... By that conversation with her, and I actually gave her a couple little sips of a few different of our styles, she went with the cream. And she came up to me later. She's like, thank you for giving me a taste of a couple different options, L listening to what I was expecting out of a beer and helping me decide something. I mean, I think one of the hardest things is somebody coming in like, well, I've never had this stuff. What are you going to give me? I, I don't want them to order a 16-ounce pour, take one sip and hate it. Right. I'd rather pour an ounce off of a couple different styles after talking to them, get an idea of where their palate is for what they like and help them make a good choice because then they're more likely to enjoy that beer. Yeah. Human right. interaction. You want them to yeah. enjoy their time here. You don't want them to yeah. be like, ugh. 
Yep. Do you think hospitality well, is missing in beer? I think it can be. I wouldn't say it is absolutely missing, but it depends on the style of how that brewery and that tap room runs things. Well, but let's define hospitality, right? So uh, intimate knowledge of what you're selling is not hospitality. Knowledge is knowledge. Hospitality is, hey, we want to do everything we can, but it's inside of our limited scope of what we can do. Right. There is nothing missing at most tap rooms. They're very, uh, as informative as they can be, and then they're very welcoming which is exactly what you need in the industry from this point of view. Okay. Right. But you're not going to get an owner or the brewer behind the bar at every place you go to. No. Correct. No, but I feel like a bartender should be like, okay, like Miller Lite or whatever. I know that these are lighter beers. I'm going to give you a couple, you know, small pours of these four beers and, you know, let me know what you think. But so the problem is, is it depends on the waiter or waitress. If they're a uh, uh, making a living kind of person, they of course, but they're, they're here for a job, is what you're saying. I guess I'm just saying, like yeah. the business, sh- I well, the business should like hire the right kind of people who are the best. Well, it, it's hard. To I don't know. It's hard and to now, know. I guess. Well, nowadays yeah. it's incredibly hard because yeah. you're just trying to find people to put anywhere you can. Well, right, and right now there's a massive uh, work. Uh, Employee shortage. Thank you. Employee yeah. shortage. Yeah. In the True. Especially yeah. in the there's meat. there's two jobs available or no there's one job available for every two unemployed people or is it the opposite? It's something I, I like think that. It's it, it's, it's, <laughs> it too, might, it's just it, it shouldn't be happening essentially. Well, yeah. What you have is yeah. unfortunately in a lot of places people have been mistreated by people walking in. Right. And right. they don't want to take that abuse. Right. For fifteen dollars an hour, right. well, or I mean, and if it's a waiter, and if it's a serving wage, it's $10 even ten dollars an hour less than that. Less than with, yeah. with the hope of getting tips, because right. now it almost puts that thought of, well, I need to be nice to these people who are being rude to me. Yep. Our friends who are in Salem throughout the last over two years, even before then, but the last two years has been a little worse. Seeing the amount of posts of them talking about people berating staff because they're. Yeah enforcing a rule set by the city and or state right and the patron doesn't want to follow that rule and they take it out on the staff yeah so there are a lot of people who are burned from these things when they've been misused and abused by employers they don't want to go back into those industries well i mean it's not just that when when the ownership doesn't necessarily enforce what the employee is going through there's a lot of issues there too why would you stay at a job or even in an industry that doesn't support what you're trying to do when you didn't do anything wrong Right. So that's true. Cool. We've gotten into a lot of topics today. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to come to Granite Granite Coast. I think we know the passion behind the beer that's being brewed here. Um, where are you physically located in Peabody? So we are at seventy seven B Main Street. We are, you know, right in downtown. We're across from the public library, you know, right in the heart of a lot of great restaurants. Two miles from Route One, two miles from one twenty eight. You know, really in a great location. Yeah. We are, you yeah. know, a stone's throw from the Salem border. Just park it available. Just look on our website because the city doesn't advertise it. Thank you. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> so go to their website. Yeah. But we also got, you know, we're, we really got in on the, on the ground level of the redevelopment of downtown. Definitely. There are some cool things happening, the development of some of the local bu- buildings that will hopefully attract other people downtown besides just for us that, you know, we can share with in each other. I mean, the camaraderie between 
some of the business owners down here is great that we can end up helping helping each other out, but also the somebody is coming for one business and they end up staying pa- for another patronizing yeah. multiple. Yeah, no, definitely. I would say your downtown is definitely up and coming. Sure. Like a lot of the downtowns, I think at this point, I feel like a lot of the downtowns are growing in this direction, getting breweries, doing other things. Yeah, a lot I mean, of the places that you yeah. wouldn't want to go to originally are becoming a destination. Right. Well, every city realizes that when the local businesses got pushed out of a downtown area, it was essentially a death knell. Death to the right. city, yeah. Right, yeah. So they're all fighting real hard to get all those people to come back. They just don't realize that they don't necessarily do enough. Right. Yeah. But it seems like you're doing We're a here to educate here, them. and uh, PBD is doing well by you. Yeah. So. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah. in that same realm, we a lot of the times ask our guests who are far away, what's their favorite dive bar? favorite place to eat and the best place to get a burger in the area close by so if they come to Grand or anyone you want to shout yeah, yeah, out yeah, there's something else you want to shout out anything you want to shout out, anyone, please, want to shout out so free. they can come to the area and then enjoy you and enjoy them well so interestingly we actually host variable pop-ups to take care of this issue so if you're looking for a burger we might not always have a burger but we usually do have a food option in the area or we have someone that we're hosting that will feed you what they're selling that day excellent i know it's what truck i would go to wings New. Sacred Cod. Yes. <laughs> Dude, his fish and chips are fucking... Oh, we know. Uh, that's this weekend. I know. The best. Uh, so it is. The weekend of we're recording yes, this, Sacred yes. Cod will be here. <laughs> he loves Sacred He'll come back. He'll come back. <laughs> he, no, we have him once a Sunday every month. For the awesome. Yes, you do. Check the sketch. Yeah. I mean, if someone wants to come down and say, hey, I want to come try some beers and then maybe go to some of the local restaurants, I mean, you can't... If you want sushi... Best sushi in New Shores, right down the street at Maki. Okay. You want you want Italian. Our friends over at Petrillo's is yep. phenomenal. Like yep. has you, you don't too. walk out of Petrillo's hungry, <laughs> and if you just or with empty done. plates, you walk out leaving with done. a meal for the next day. <laughs> they <laughs> sell a meatball sub that looks like a Chipotle burrito. Uh, yeah, I love nice. It. Then you also got the old school Bill and Bob's, Ugh. right? Oh come on, don't <laughs> ugh me, bro. Hey, come hey, on, hey, this is PBD. We got Jamie's now. Jamie's uh, so PBD. Come shit. on, yeah, Bill and Bob's old but, school. Bill, but Bill and Bob's is open till two in the morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so after you're here till closing, you know where to go. <laughs> Jamie's roast beef. <laughs> they won't be there. We close at nine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Currently, yeah, currently closing. But I mean, we. Never mind. Don't listen to me. When, I'm wrong. When we don't have food trucks or our food pop up, we have numerous menus for our neighbors because it's like when people ask, "Okay, where can I get food?" and it's always like, "Okay," and again, just same with the beer. What are you looking for? So I try to say, "Okay, if you want some great Asian food." And I specify this that because they are a fusion of a couple different Asian cultures. We have sugar cane across the street. Yep. If you're looking for a great cold cut sub, we have a Santor. We have Santoros down the street, which makes a phenomenal Italian. You know, if you're looking for pizza, Santoros and Gallonero. Like we try to ask you what you're looking for to help steer you in different directions. Yeah. Or you yeah. can have something delivered. Yeah. Super yeah. open. Bring your own food. We don't care. Yeah. Bring your dogs. Bring your kids. Bring the fam. Yeah. Come in, sit down, have some beers, play some games. Yep. Cribbage seems to be big here. 
<laughs> yes, for us. <laughs> I love cribbage. I built cribbage boards at home. So yes, yes. We, we've been playing cribbage as long as we've been friends, as well as other I have been tempted to enter into now, your did you guys tournaments. Grow up in this area? So Jeff, Marblehead. born and raised Marblehead. in Marblehead. I grew up in Revere and then Marblehead in Cribbage high is such a North Shore. Like It's a very uh, seafarer thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, we want our listeners to come out to Granite Coast Brewing um, in Peabody, Mass. So please go do it. Um, there are a lot of great breweries, not just in the North Shore area, but specifically right in this Peabody, Salem area. So make a day of it. Come to Granite Coast. Enjoy yourself. Oh, there's even a Expand bus tour. Expand your horizon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, the North Shore I mean, bus tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you uh, yeah, don't want to drive between multiple breweries, because hey, that can get some dangerous. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, our friends over at the North Shore Brewery Tours, yeah. they do tours all Definitely. over the North Shore, Definitely. which includes, you know, flights at all their breweries and a meal. So. I know. We got to talk to them. We do. We, we do. do. Yeah. We should do an episode we on should. the bus. We, uh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Ryan, are we down for that? No. We'll oh. try it. We'll we're, try we're just going to do it anyways. We'll do it no, without you. You can think about it. We'll, we'll do it. Well, I'm not going to edit it. That's fine. Yeah. We'll edit it. Oh, great. Oh, good luck. <laughs> just so you know, that's how you get replaced. Uh. That's far right. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next week or two weeks from now. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Cheers.